Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, this is John Katsimatidis and we're bringing you all the news. And a number one show at 5 o'clock. And uh, if, if it's happening, you're going to hear it here first. Uh, in the studio, we've got Judge uh, Richard Weinberg, a uh, renowned Democrat, who used to be uh, uh, Peter Vallone's uh, speaker of the uh, city council's mentor. No, just counsel. Oh, he was my mentor. Counsel. I was just his counsel. <laughs> and uh, Rudy Washington, rumored to be uh, related to George Washington. Now, they're going to take your 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 great, uh, great, 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 great uncle's uh uh, the statue, statue. right. Uh, the we'll city have, council is threatening you, Rudy. I will have something to say about that. All right. Oh, that's okay. a tease. That and is Rita tease. Cosby, uh, how are you, Rita? I, I'm actually, uh, I should say a little speechless because of this new decision that, uh, just that was came some down. Breaking news an hour ago. Yeah, and, and so, yeah. Breaking news, WABC. So, an hour ago, and, and we're going to have Vito Fisella, of course, coming up soon, the Staten Island Borough President, Staten Island Supreme it was a Court ruled. decision. Judge Weinberg. 29 pages, a justice of the state Supreme Court. A- explained that it has to do with the migrants. It's the migrants. They put them in, in a. In Staten Island. In Staten Island, in a facility at 57 Cleveland Place, and. Across the street from the school. Right. And there was a lawsuit. And the Supreme Court justice correctly, in my opinion, decided that they had no right to be there, issued a preliminary injunction in favor of the plaintiffs and to the get them out of there. And the city is appealing. Right. Yes. They just, they just said, by 515, right, they're, they're appealing. appealing. Yeah, they but, waited like five but, minutes. But the key, the key in this decision They couldn't is, wait for our breaking news to uh, – I'm, I'm shocked. But, but let's go – Let's go to Alan Dershowitz, uh, the Harvard professor of law for 60 years. Nothing happened in this country without somebody consulting him. Uh, Alan, how are you doing? I'm doing great, but I want to hear from Judge Weinberg what the essence of the decision is because I haven't had a chance to read it. Alan, they granted a preliminary injunction. The judge said there was no previous judicial determination, adjudication, that there's a so-called right to shelter in New York City, nor there's such a right obtained under the state constitution. So there is no right to shelter in New York, and there's no constitutional right to shelter. So all these people coming in by the hundreds of thousands into New York do not have a right to shelter. This is a great... This is a great decision. It will protect the city. Why the city wants to appeal this when this gives them all the legal and political cover to stop this mass migration and the right to shelters? I have no idea. And, and Rudy Washington, no, you have a comment. I just, Rudy Washington. I just wanted to say to, say to the judge that it is site-specific. Exactly um, right. You know, it's, it wasn't a... It's not for blanket, the whole, right. it's, it's for one facility. But the point is it's presidential until it's overturned by a... Uh, 
an appellate court. And, and this and is the highest trial court also, in the state. Can it also be overturned by the city council or the state legislature? Can't they establish that right? It's not now. The court says it hasn't been established by law. That's a good, Alan. A that's legislative exactly, right. Okay, yeah. that's a, exactly the. Uh, they can argue under the state constitution there's a right to shelter, but nobody's ever said that. The city council can say that, and of course, that of course would be the subject of. Uh, of litigation. Well, and, and right. also, I just want to explain to Professor Dershowitz that within, you know, like an hour or so, all of a sudden now they've already signaled uh, that they will appeal this, that the city will they appeal the this. Yes. Appeal. They filed the notice of appeal. So well, what do you make of all this, Professor Dershowitz? This is huge news. This gave, and I agree with the judge. As soon as I heard this, I thought the mayor, this does give him political cover to say. And legal cover. Yes, and legal cover. It could have been precedent setting, but now he's appealing. Well, he doesn't want that legal cover. He obviously wants to have the ability to shelter uh, migrants, even though he realizes it creates a problem. There are problems on both sides. There's a humanitarian problem, and there's yes. a problem of displacing people, and this should be decided by legislatures. That's what the people are supposed to decide. If there's no absolute right under the Constitution, normally there can be legislation which creates a right under the circumstances there can also be i don't know if the judge deals with this there can also be emergency uh administrative rulings saying the the uh, uh crisis with uh, people coming into the city constitutes an emergency and gives the executive the right to make decisions pending legislation so it's very much a work in progress we don't know what the answer is going to be this is a temporary answer and under the circumstances and the facts, it sounds to me like it's probably We've got correct. some weather? Yep. Breaking news, WABC. And also, Professor Dershowitz, we can't wait to get your take on this. Uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James uh, is basically getting a major win in her civil suit. This is against former President Trump. Um, as it's saying that the judge has ruled that Donald Trump defrauded banks insurance company in the civil suit, like of the value of his businesses. That was the essence of his real estate empire. Uh, what's your reaction to this? No surprise. No surprise. In New York City, you're going to get elected officials, whether they be attorneys general or judges, uh, always coming down uh, against Trump because that's a popular decision. That's what the people want. Um, it's inconceivable to me that Donald Trump defrauded everybody about everything. So I'd have to read the decision, obviously. But uh, normally issues of that kind are decided by juries after a full trial. And Professor, yeah, but I'm just going to say something. And you'll go, if I put on my financial statement that uh, I think my building is worth a billion dollars, the the banks are not going to lend based on that. They're that's gonna have, what I was going to say. They're going to have their own appraisal. And, and not only that, they got the top shelf. They got the biggest uh, accounting firms in the city. And they, and, they, and they have their own appraisers. Right. They don't need the state to protect them. Uh, you know, they they got the best. And Donald Trump pulled them all. Especially with big items like this. If you come in and you, you know, want a $25,000 loan, it may not pay for them to do independent investigation. And they basically will take your word for it because it's not worth spending the money. But if you're trying to get a multi-million dollar loan on a building, obviously, they're not going to take your appraisal at face value. And by the way, Alan. knows that appraisals are often 
overstated. That's why you have independent appraisals. Yeah, but Alan, the most interesting fact in this whole situation is that nobody lost a dime. Yeah, nobody so lost the a judge, dime. Right, judge's so who's the victim? <laughs> is Judge Arthur uh, and Gorin. Yeah, I know Arthur. How can he make a decision like that? Because he has a power of the pencil, like Obama said. You know, just write it. <laughs> oh, great. Great. Um, before we let you go, Professor Dershowitz, I got to get your take on Menendez, um, because it's come out in the last few hours now. There's 18 Democratic senators that are calling for him to resign. Uh, obviously, a lot is politics. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he ought to resign. Yeah, I and, and I want to ask you, too. Let him answer. Let him yeah, answer. But I want to ask the Iran question. I got to get to okay. the Iran question. But go ahead. You go first, uh, okay. Professor. He's presumed innocent. So far, the Justice Department has started this case off very poorly by having this photograph of the gold bars and the money in the pockets. They're trying to influence the potential jury pool. They're trying to influence potential witnesses. That's not the way the Justice Department is supposed to operate. They did the same thing with Trump when they staged that picture with all the classified material on the floor. That's not the way the Justice Department should operate. And an, an indictment is merely an accusation. We don't have to repeat Judge Wachtel's statement about a ham sandwich, but an indictment is a one-sided presentation. And I do not believe that if a person believes he's innocent, as Menendez said, he does believe he's innocent, he should not resign. He should uh, uh, stay in office and wait until there's a decision by the court. If he's convicted and the convictions are firm, none of feel okay. Remember, he was indicted previously for offenses similar to this, that he was doing favors for some optometrist in exchange for taking trips on his airplane or whatever. And the Justice Department ultimately dropped the case. So this so, is just the beginning of a so process. Professor Dershowitz, I got to get yeah. your question, your reaction, because I agree with you, too. I agree. on. And uh, it doesn't matter yeah. that he married one of the jurors. The last, <laughs> that was the last case. Oh, okay. <laughs> he has to divorce this one and marry the next juror in this trial. That's All right. right. Well, there, well, there you, know you go. That, you know, that happened in the William Kennedy Smith case. Yeah, and, and um, the Marv Albert uh, case, too. Remember that That's one that happened? With, yeah, um, I tell you, lawyers are out there marrying jurors. It's... Uh, it's a, a, a good a good way, better than meeting them on the Internet. <laughs> so let me let me ask you about Iran, because, you know, this Menendez was a thorn in Biden's side over the issue of Iran. Of uh, there's no yeah. question about it. And he was is, right. And, and Biden was wrong. Is he is it possible that he's being kind of kicked out? Because what I found interesting when By they the raided Justice Department, yes. never indicted any other Democrat. And they well, raided his house. The they raided his house a year ago, over a year ago. They had the gold yeah. bars, all this stuff. Why were they sitting on it for a year? Well, they're just trying to show that they're even handed, that they go after Democrats like they go after Republicans. But One Democrat. Right. One Democrat. Yeah. 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 But I don't I don't think it matters that he's a Democrat or Republican. He's somebody who's not popular with this administration. That makes him more similar to Trump than it does similar to somebody who's right in the in the uh, very popular part of the Democratic Party. So you can understand. I don't I don't think this was partisan motivated. I do think, however, that this was an attempt to try to show that the Justice Department is even handed. What the what they showed is they're equal handed in being unjust in going and putting these pictures out. You know, no juror will ever forget that picture, the picture of the gold bars and the money coming out of the pocket. That may never even be admissible. And you know what they're not telling anybody? Every jury will remember that. They're making gold bars in half ounce and one ounce increments. That could be a a gift uh, at a wedding or something. Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah. now, uh, by the yeah, way, you had one more thing, uh, a Professor, before we go to uh, that you were emotional about. Oh, yeah. And fortunately, uh, the Speaker of the House in Canada has been fired or has resigned because he absurdly honored a Nazi, a Ukrainian Nazi. Let me make one point that's going to shock your viewers. Of all the countries in the world, one of the worst during the Holocaust, nobody's going to believe this, was Canada. Canada was one of the worst countries really? in the world. First, yeah. it didn't let any Jews in. Somebody, a historian. How about Franklin Roosevelt? Well, no, he, Franklin Roosevelt let a scattering in. But Canada, a book was written called Even One is Too Many, named after the head of the Immigration Service. They didn't want a single Jew. As soon as the war was over, thousands of Ukrainian Nazis got in. They were welcomed. They were made farmers in the Middle West. This guy was one of them. He ought to be immediately deported because he lied, obviously, on his immigration papers. He was a major Nazi who killed civilians and who killed Jews and who was part of a unit that was dominated by the Nazi uh, soldiers. So the idea that he would be praised and Trudeau was in the audience and clapped and 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 uh, uh, the head of Ukraine was in the audience. By the way, I had a busy week last week. I met with Zelensky. I also met for three hours with Netanyahu. So uh, if you want me back sometime for a while. Well, maybe uh, yeah, yeah, we want to have you back and yeah. want you to tell us our stories. One, one second, Professor. Stay on for, for, for a minute or two. We've got uh, Borough President Vito Fasella on that uh, trial that happened in uh, uh, Staten Island. Vito, tell us what's going on. Well, good to be with you all. Um, Today, the judge uh, ruled that the whole right to shelter consent decree facade uh, has come crumbling down, something we've been saying for about a year. Uh, but just a little background, we brought a, um, initiated a suit against the city because they opened up a migrant shelter in the middle of a solid residential neighborhood on Staten Island and a few feet from an uh, all-girls Catholic high school and two elementary schools. And we said, it's just a bad place to be. Uh, we went for the temporary uh, restraining order a few weeks ago in the city. We won in the trial level. The city reversed uh, almost immediately. Well, the city I so went to the appellate division. It was reversed almost immediately. But today, in almost a 29-page ruling, the judge basically tore apart the whole concept of the right to shelter uh, process, which is the foundation for what the city is doing with the migrant crisis. And in addition, uh, said that the so-called emergency powers that have been granted to the city really should not be uh, emergency at all. This is a, a situation that the city could have handled in a different way, uh, that when we talk about emergencies, we typically talk about natural disasters or earthquakes or floods or, or something out of the blue. But the city took new efforts whatsoever once the migrants started arriving and started accommodating and putting them up at hotels and uh, feeding them and everything else. And uh, what we said is we have a victory today, and we're hopeful that the city doesn't appeal, but it looks like they, they, they just filed a notice of appeal. They so they have appealed. They, 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 they the, uh, Vito, they, they filed a notice of appeal. Yeah, right. just a so few they, minutes uh, ago. So yeah. what does that mean? The, the, somebody, a judge has to hear it now. Well, now they have to do the appeal. The question is, will they, they issue a stay against the Supreme Court judge's order pending? Right. right, Vito? That's exactly right. So there's a stay in process. But, you know, the one thing that, you, if you haven't read the opinion, is actually, I think, a relatively a landmark it's a ruling. Great, it's a great decision. We, we have it. All 29 pages. Yeah, we have it right in front. Easy reading. Oh, good. 
so how, you know, if the judge really destroyed the whole argument, as I mentioned, this right to shelter concept, there's no law that uh, stipulates that it should be in place. There's no constitutional right. Uh, so when you go to the appellate division, I'd love to hear the professors uh, or the judge's opinion on if there's no law in place, what are they going to appeal to? <laughs> there's nothing to hang their hat on, at least on the surface. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And let me, Vito, what is your reaction to the fact that it seems like within minutes uh, the city has signaled that they're going to appeal? So the irony there, Rita, is the city was in court in Manhattan, I believe, today, arguing against the right to shelter concept in its present form. And here we have the trial judge on Staten Island, Richmond County, basically giving the city exactly what they want, to say that the right to shelter concept of consent decree it should not be applied as, as is currently being applied. So the irony is, while they're fighting in one court that they want to do away with the right to shelter consent decree, they're about to appeal uh, this is a the situation where they're doing This is the best it. thing that Eric Adams could have as mayor of the city. That's exactly what we said today. This is an opportunity for the city to pivot right. and stop digging a hole. So we just have to wait a day and see what what the heck is going on. Uh, thank you, Vito, for coming on. Thank you, Professor Dershowitz. And, and we'll catch up maybe tomorrow and see what the heck is going on. Thank you. You got it. Thank okay. you all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you both. Let's take a break right now. And when we come back, we have Doug Schoen. What the heck is going on? Tomorrow's the debates. What's going on? Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. There's a lot of stuff. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. And joining us now is the great pollster, Doug Schoen. And, Doug, you know, there is so much to talk with you about. First off, the big debate tomorrow night. There's going to be seven people there. Um, you won't see Asa Hutchinson. Um, how much is this basically they got to stand out or maybe get out of the race after tomorrow night? Well, I think there's a lot of truth to that, uh, Rita, that uh, bottom line, unless any of these seven can distinguish themselves or differentiate themselves. Pretty hard to go for it. I think it's a make-or-break night for Ron DeSantis. 
his poll numbers have been cratering. And if he can't come up with a rationale why he is an alternative and a credible one to Donald Trump, uh, it's inevitable that he will either have to get out or go into Iowa, lose there, and then get out. So, and I think for the rest of the field, it's pretty similar. Vivek Ramaswamy's got to build on his success. In the last debate, Nikki Haley has to prove that the uh, success, again, she had was not a one-trick wonder for her in uh, that performance. And, you know, I I think, though, the big news is Trump is doing so well, he's not going to be there. He's going to be talking to auto workers. And as I said last time, my prediction is that the winner of the next debate will be Donald Trump. Yeah. Now, what do you make of this new poll? Uh, this is why everybody's talking about this, Doug Schoen. This is the ABC Washington Post poll. It has Trump beating Biden by almost 10 percent. It's like nine point something percent. Uh, it, there's a, there's a sentiment here. Clearly, the polls, you know, they're saying, oh, it's an outlier. But um, but there's clearly a trend where we're seeing that Biden is going down and there's concern in the White House about RFK, about Cornell West, about no labels. Uh, how much panic do you sense is in the White House right now? Uh, a lot of panic, because once a president goes on one of these so-called death spirals, it's very hard to turn it around. I think we're looking at the possibility of a Jimmy Carter-type election circa 1980. Uh, basically, by running on the economy, Joe Biden has no credibility. There are certainly ethical questions that remain. And then there's the issue of his involvement with Hunter Biden that remains a very serious and open question for most people. And Doug, this is Rudy Washington. Um, if you remember, everybody thought that the, you know, as people dropped out of the 2015 uh, race, that uh, somebody was going to emerge by getting the votes of the candidates that were being removed. However, looking at the field, I, I, you know, I don't think anyone could assume that uh, those votes would coalesce behind one candidate that can challenge Donald Trump. I think he's only going to get stronger as people fall out the race. And, uh, you know, he's beating the whole field almost collectively. I mean, so this is almost over. Uh, uh, The more indictments that come, the stronger Trump gets. Um, His numbers only improve. And I don't believe that there is a Republican who can rival him. And when I look at the polls, one of the things I see is that when you ask people to rate Joe Biden, he's about 40 percent approved. You ask them to rate Trump as a president, his performance, not him as a man, but his performance, he's close to 50. So um, I, I thought we'd never be in a position to say this this early. But right now, I think Trump, for the reasons you and Rita are citing, uh, could well be the favorite in the race, as amazing as that may seem. Doug, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. What's your thoughts about uh, Joe Biden's future as a uh, presidential candidate? Well, I think they're going to keep him in the race, and he will want to stay in as long as he's within uh, shouting distance of Trump. But if he is, as the Harris poll showed, uh, five points behind the ABC poll, almost 10 points behind, there will be an increasing drumbeat uh, from the party for him to get out. And, Doug, when and do you think it's too late for them I to? Think Go ahead. He will stay in 
through Christmas. I think he'll talk to his family, literally and metaphorically, over Christmas, and he'll make an announcement if, in fact, he's going to get out early January. You know, um, one of the things that's out there, Doug, and you may have heard this, uh, talking to so many people in the political circles as we do, there were there are a lot of people on both sides of the aisle that have said this to me privately, that they believe it may even come to the convention next summer. And then in the convention, there's going to be, well, we've decided to replace Joe Biden with maybe a Michelle Obama or somebody like that who is that superstar status in the Democratic side. Um, by the way, I realize I'm in the wrong business, too, because I just saw today, get this, you guys, Michelle Obama got a check for $741,000 for a one-hour speech about diversity and inclusion at a Munich conference. Uh, I mean, we are I think we're in the wrong business. I would have given that speech for just half a million. I don't know what. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was trying to be your agent, Judge, on that one, too. But would she want to do it, Doug? I mean, is it possible they could wait and have this uh, summer surprise? She has said all along she doesn't want to do it. Uh, I take her at her word. But, but they all say that, Doug. They all say that. And then the party dragged me in. <laughs> if you'd let me finish, Rita, that's what I was going to say. They all say it till the party grandees come. And her husband says, hey, this is our chance to get back into the White House. And, uh, you know, we've seen candidate after candidate say, I'm not going to run. And then, lo and behold, they get in the race. So I... Really, I read. I seriously, I agree with you. I think there's a very good chance that if a scenario such as the one you're uh, describing develops, that we could see her, particularly in a short campaign, three, four month campaign to be president of the United States. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Well, let me ask you this: If they move Biden off, what do they do about Harris? Well, that's you see, that's the real challenge because Harris will claim the nomination. And it will be very, very difficult to dislodge her, given her um, position as vice president. You can say she's unpopular, but inside the Democratic Party, she's not that un- unpopular. The black leadership will be behind her, and she has the benefits of incumbency, which uh, is not uh, insignificant. Well, Doug Schoen, thank you so much for bringing us up to date, and uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow night at the at the big debate. And uh, I understand that uh, President Trump is going to uh, uh, see the UAW. Uh, yep, he is, uh, yeah. Any opinion on the UAW? You know, the fact that Joe Biden was walking the the picket line today, as we may have all seen, just underscored to me how weak the Democrats are with working people. And I just said to myself, this is another one of the Hail Mary passes by the Biden administration. Doug, did, Doug did you hear it was 12 minutes that he walked for? He was he was on the ground he didn't, for He didn't hour. want to knock himself out. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's 10 minutes more than I expected. Hey, hey, Doug, I got a prediction. Good point, Doug. I got a bold prediction. If there's no knockout punch tomorrow for somebody, the never Trumpers are going to be trying to draft Glenn Youngkin. Draft who? I'm sorry. No, Glenn, Glenn Youngkin is Glenn. not going to go against oh, Donald yeah. Trump. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's very hard. It's very hard to get somebody like that in the race because it's one thing to say draft them. It's another thing to raise half a billion to a billion dollars to run a campaign against a popular uh, ex-president yeah. like Donald J. Trump. I think uh, Glenn Youngkin, if Trump stays in, 
Glenn Youngkin is the guy for 2028. Yeah, I agree. I think makes sense. Yeah. John, I think that makes good sense. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Doug. Thank you, Doug. We love you. Real soon. Let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, we have. uh, We're going to talk about uh, marijuana and kids. Dr. Ali. Imran, Imran, and we have and Bill O'Reilly Marijuana and Damato. is killing our kids. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. By the way, uh, coming up, we also have Senator Al D'Amato and Bill O'Reilly. We got a blockbuster show. And joining us now is Dr. Ali Imran. Uh, Dr. Ali is a board certified, uh, expert in adult psychiatry and child and adolescent psychiatry. And, uh, we want to talk with you, doctor, about the effects of marijuana on kids. You had some really powerful stuff. Talk about that. Sure. I just want to make a correction. I, I'm not uh, a psychiatrist. I'm actually internal medicine and I specialize in taking care of older adults, but I also, uh, do a little bit of medicine, you know, in younger folks as well. Well, thank and you I for clarifying that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And, and so tell a, us about your study. Right. So this is a study that came out of the JAMA Pediatrics just, you know, on the 25th, just yesterday. And we're actually looking at 80 online marijuana dispensaries based in about 32 states. So they actually looked at how easy it is for kids to buy marijuana online because they actually didn't really have the adequate age verification features. And they also noted that, you know, most accepted non-traceable payment methods, kind of enabling, you know, kids from hiding their transactions from mom and dad. So we really don't understand how many kids are actually, you know, using marijuana under age. Now, how much damage does it do to these kids' brain between the ages of 12 and 22? Brain well, isn't fully formed until 26. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The brain is developing well into uh, twenty, uh, the age 25. So, I mean, young kids who, you know, took cannabis, the effects of the central nervous system, you know, we see a lot of central nervous system depression. And actually, this actually required hospitalizations, you know, just in the last five years. I mean, the years between 2017 and 2021. Over 3,000 calls to poison control were made with kids, you know, ingesting uh, mostly edible cannabis, but also now with, you know, almost one in five online dispensaries requiring no formal age verification. I mean, this is really, really concerning. Yeah, it absolutely is. I, I, you know, I, I, what can we done to reverse this trend? I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. You hear that these numbers and they're stunning, but yet... It seems to be where I'll tell you, I walk down the street in New York. I smell marijuana every <laughs> single day. It, it's so pervasive. Oh, I, I, and, and to me, it's troubling. I agree with you, doctor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, the studies show that, you know, they're essentially not lethal, but up to 8% of kids who, you know, taking cannabis underage did require some critical care. And there's also, also the long-term effects on the developing brain, and which we're still not even certain about yet. I think what really is concerning, Rita, is now, you know, the DEA has actually confiscated these edibles, which look like, you know, Kit Kats or Nestle Crunch. And the packaging of these edibles are very confusing. People and kids may just think it's like any other treat on the shelf. 
So there's still a lot of things that we have to do. I mean, 21 states in just the last year have approved recreational cannabis for, you know, 28, 21 and over. But now the concerning thing is, you know, with edibles looking like candy, it's it's really, really. It's hurting our kids. You know, our kids are now number 56 in the world in education. So between uh, our schools, between uh, uh, the marijuana, it is hurting our kids. Uh, uh, We got a minute left. What else would you like to say? Well, the thing is, I would say the parents should really, you know, talk to their kids, get to create a, you know, good relationship with them so they can be honest and open, you know, and don't have the computer locked up away. I mean, the computer, besides just buying online marijuana, I mean, it's an it's an open door for other, you know, dangerous things on the Internet for kids, especially. Well, Dr. Ali Imran, thank you so much for bringing all our listeners. We have a million listeners out there. Uh, up to date and uh, keep working on it because we got to save our kids. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, John, so Thank much. You. Thank you, Rita. Thank you so much. Wow. And by the way, uh, some uh, big news from the uh, White House dog front. We all love dogs, uh, but Commander, the president's dog, has now bitten yet another Secret Service agent. It's Is that the, the third one like no, in two months? You know what, actually, John? I thought it was. But get this. It's the 11th such incident since actually the president has been at the White House. Maybe the dog's as tense as the president is, as the White House press team. What do you this think? This is the second dog. <laughs> the this dogs is, can feed off no, your energy, is, you know? But this is the second dog. They had to replace the first one. Oh, how and sad. This is, this is Commander. Wow, wow, wow. Well, there's certainly you people mean, are bow, certainly... Bow, wow, wow. Bow, wow, wow. Exactly. <laughs> Very good, Judge. I understand now we have Senator Alphonse D'Amato waiting. Absolutely. Senator D'Amato, uh, great to have you here on the show. You know, I want to get um, some other breaking news. What a huge news day we've had. Senator Roger Marshall, you may have heard this, um, is now pitching a resolution declaring that the U.S. southern border is, quote, an invasion. Uh, you're seeing the pictures. They just had the biggest number of encounters at our southern border ever in American history in a single year just came out this morning. Uh, what yeah. is your reaction when you it looks like a sea of people crossing? I think that Congress should be ashamed of themselves. If you're a member of Congress in the Senate or the House and you haven't had the nerve to stand up at this point in time and say, close the border, you don't deserve to be there. You should be the hell out. This is incredible. I mean, you have seven million, over seven million have come in in the last two and a half years. You know, Ellis Island, where my grandparents came to, in 62 years, only 50. 15 million in 62 years. And here we have, in two and a half years, 7 million. And they used to check them out. They had to have a place to go. They had to have a sponsor. This is incredible. Biden, you are incompetent. You are destroying this country. I thought you would love America. But I guess you're afraid that everything's going down, so let it all go down. All right? You protect Hunter, you protect the crooks, and you don't protect the people of America. But Congress, wake up. Democrats, Republicans, come together to cure the border. Secure the border. It is We're being attacked. Senator, we're being attacked from all angles. 
Uh, our yep. kids are being attacked with fentanyl and marijuana. Our borders yep. are being attacked. I understand uh, our universities are being, uh, you know, the, the Chinese uh, Communist Party is 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 really pushing our universities uh, to the edge. And- well, don't forget, Hunter got his payoff. He got millions from China. The Biden family has split up over twenty million dollars. I don't know. This Justice Department will finally they they got this poor son of a gun over there in New Jersey who. 19 of his colleagues, it's now up to 19, have called upon him, plus his, the, the, the senator from the other senator, Booker from New Jersey, for him to, to get out. And, and the proof is overwhelming. Um, but uh, uh, here we are. Well, what are we doing? We're doing nothing. You said it. The drugs that pour in, the fentanyl, we've interdicted. Tons of fentanyl, tons that could kill this country over 20 times the people in this country. How much haven't we got? And what do you think? Over 100,000 people died of fentanyl last year, 107,000 people. Yeah, you know, um, Senator, did you hear the new news, too? Um, Fill in the senator real quick, also, Judge, about the decision, uh, because this is interesting. It's a battle now. There's a. Oh, yeah. Judge. You mean the decision in Staten Island? Right. Yes, yes, exactly. The judge issued a preliminary injunction, Thank God Senator. that we had a judge who, who read the law, who stood up, who didn't bow down. But i got to tell you oh, something. Oh, you had the courage to I, do it. Yes, but but the city's already signaling they're going to appeal it, Senator D'Amato. What's wrong with Adams? Adams, is he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. On one hand, he complains about them pouring in. And it's going to cost the city $5 billion over the next two years. And on the other hand, here he has an opportunity to say, wait a minute, stop. We're not going to take care of them. you got to send us money. We don't have to do this. And we're not going to take any more. But no, what does he do? He appeals the decision. I tell you, he's rather brain limited. And the Governor Hochul, what does she do? I mean, she goes to Washington, and Biden can't even take five minutes to speak to her. Could you believe this? This is incredible. Um, our country is being assaulted. And you know who the leader of the assault is? Joe Biden, his administration, and the Congress, Democrats and Republicans, they're to blame for not standing up together. But God's sakes. You know, this stuff with the budget, I wouldn't care if they didn't pass the budget. These bunch of jackasses, if you can't support this country, give us a border that protects our people, you shouldn't be in office. And if you don't stand up and fight for this, you shouldn't be in office, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. And I have not seen Republicans, and I'm a Republican, down there on the floor fighting and saying, I'm not going to vote for anything unless you secure the border. And I want to tell you, that should be a position. That should be a position that people demand. Unless you fight to close the border, then I'm not going to vote for you. Well, and you I mean, vote the Homeland Security uh, uh, Secretary, I mean, he's 100% completely wrong. 
And he's lying to well, the American people. Yeah, he says, oh, the border is the border is not open. I mean, with a straight face. And in fact, today, Garland and there was a fentanyl hearing uh, on the loss of lives over fentanyl. And they said, oh, it's terrible what's happening and all our great efforts to secure the border. I'm thinking, what what, what, what pictures what are, are you looking at? What are those? Yeah, exactly. What the are you White looking at? The White House is saying he's done everything possible. He's going to have to take a break Horrible. right now. Uh, Senator Alphonse D'Amato, you're the best. I think you should run one more time. It's your chance to run against Gildebrand. We'll, 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 we'll discuss it. And uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you. It's good being with you, Johnny. Keep up the work. All right. You too, Thanks. Senator. America. We love your fire. Let's and let's take fun. let's take that break and then when we come back, we're coming back with Bill O'Reilly and see what he's uh or he's got a new book I heard. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Well, our next guest is a mega best-selling author, and he's got another one that just came out today. He has more than 19 million books sold, and I think you're probably going to add a zero after this one. Joining us now is the great host of Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly on WABC, 9 to 10 p.m., our dear friend Bill O'Reilly. Bill, congrats on the new book. you got to tell us about it. Thank you, guys. Um, Killing the Witches, the Horror of Salem, Massachusetts, three books in one. First book is about the people coming over from England, uh, Plymouth, England, to Cape Cod, and then on to Massachusetts Bay, and the harrowing voyage on the Mayflower. 66 days, 100 of them, all Puritans, and not all, some, some were uh, regular people, but most Puritans. And uh, we put you right on that Mayflower when it's a harrowing voyage. You know, people think, oh, Pilgrims, Thanksgiving, passive stuffing. No. And they get here, and uh, the theology is harsh. Um, the Indians, some of them are hostile, although Guanto uh, saves their lives. And then um, the religion takes hold, very harsh religion. And finally, the witches emerge, 20 human beings executed, more than 200 imprisoned in two years. And then we go into modern times, the witch hunt that's going on today. So I think people are a little scary, going to keep you up at night. Good Halloween book. You know, by the way, I, and also I think it's so fascinating, Bill, that what you just said, too, how you're related to modern times. Compare it, if you can, to modern times and what drew you to this, because, of course, there's a lot of witch hunts, it seems like, going on right now. Sure, and it's really, nobody's getting hanged, Rita, but lives are being ruined. So you write about a sportscaster on ESPN who is covering a tennis match with one of the uh, Williams uh Ladies and said, Oh, she's using guerrilla tactics like guerrilla tactics hit and run. They fired him. ESPN fired him and he had a heart attack. Are you kidding me? So, what's being used always on the progressive left, conservatives, traditionalists don't do this, is that they want to punish you for some reason. They'll find a way. And that is the modern-day witch hunt to cancel culture. It's going on. Everybody knows it's going on. And it really stems back to the hysteria 
because this cancel culture in some cases is hysterical. And what happened in Salem and uh, the roots of the founding of our country. Uh, so uh, this is a book that I think have a lot of different things in it. And believe me, uh, it's going to be hard to put it down. And Bill, so this, I appreciate you asking about it. Absolutely. Uh, Bill, this is Rudy Washington. Uh, so I take it this was took place around 1500 in the 50, early 1500s? 1690s. 1690s. Okay. Was it basically innuendo against these women? Like It was young girls. Yeah. Uh, like the McCarthy era? What, what well, was more, more intense. So the Puritan uh, culture was so harsh that children couldn't play. They couldn't sing. They couldn't dance. Uh, children were almost slaves. They had to do chores and, and, and all of that. Well, a bunch of little girls, young girls in Salem, got together and started to accuse adults who they didn't like of being witches, demonic possession. And the culture went wild. Now, this had happened in Europe. Thousands of people have been burned at the stake in Europe, Joan of Arc being the most famous, as, as witches, mostly women, but not all. And then it, when it came to America, they didn't burn the witches. They hanged them because the King of England uh, wouldn't allow um, burnings. And, and it's really, I mean, it's a very interesting thing. Um, and then we go into uh, the modern-day demonic possession, the filming of the movie The Exorcist. What happened on that set? Oh, my God. And The Exorcist is based on a real story, and we got the files of the kid, 13-year-old boy, not a girl. In, in the movie, it was a girl. And what happened to this 13-year-old? And it, I'll tell you what, this is all history. I didn't make up anything there. And, but you think you're reading you know, the exorcist part eight or whatever it might be. Wow. Bill, let's talk about today. Uh, Donald Trump was found uh, guilty today. Uh, I don't know if you saw it yet. Uh, in That's Letitia right. James, uh, uh, lawsuit. Well, it's part of the witch hunt against Donald Trump, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I mean, we said that if I said that that building across the street is worth a billion dollars, nobody's going to lend me a billion dollars on it. Look, John, this, this was a summary judgment ruling by a very liberal New York judge. In the ruling, the judge said that the Trump organization led by Donald Trump overestimated the value of buildings in Manhattan in order to get loans. That's what it was. Nothing more than nothing less. But no bank ever complained about it. And all of the borrowings were paid back so yeah so where's the victim i mean where's that's right where's the where's fraud the, where's the victim me. you tell me uaw any opinion on uaw bill well wait wait let's stay on trump okay go ahead because it, it stems right back i'm not trying to be donald trump's defense lawyer here but if this isn't a witch hunt to take this man off the political map, then there is no witch hunt. Again, no bank filed a claim. Nobody did anything accusing Trump of wrongdoing except the attorney general of the state, Letitia James, who hates Donald Trump's guts. 
And she ran and built Richard Weinberg. And she ran her campaign that she was going after Trump. That was part of right. her campaign message. So we New Yorkers, how do we process this? And that is why I wrote Killing the Witches. Now, you want to go on, John, you want to go into the uh, strike in Michigan? The UAW, I think that's the uh, that's a big item on the uh, agenda. And people don't realize uh, the amount of money the General Motors and Ford were losing on electric vehicles. And if it wasn't for all that money they're losing on electric vehicles, maybe they could give a raise. Well, I see it a little bit differently. Tell me. So you've got the union that supports the United Auto Workers. My union, Screen Actors Guild after, just settled their strike against Hollywood. And I was favorable toward my union there. Okay, I supported my union. Now we have the United Auto Workers going on strike. Obviously, that's what unions do. They try to get the best benefits and salaries for their workers, and that's we need that here in America. All right, so you got Biden going there today and Trump going there tomorrow. That's the fascinating story to me. So Trump is trying to tell, almost like what you just said, John. He's trying to tell the uh, auto workers, you're getting hosed because the reason it's harder to get good wages for you is that the Democratic Party has crushed the economy. And when I was president with 1.4 inflation, you didn't need the huge raise you need now with inflation for necessities running at 8%. That's the story. Trump's trying to pull those um, labor union people away from the iron grip of the Democratic Party. Absolutely. And uh, Jamie Dimon says today that uh, Powell is going towards a 7% interest rate, and that could bankrupt the country. It's also driving the stock market down, and I want to tell all WABC listeners who have stocks, just hang on. Don't panic. But it's driving the market down and just adds to Joe Biden's problems. We had two polls this week. One ABC Washington Post poll has got Trump up by 10. And today the Harvard poll, Harvard Harris, got Trump up by five. So the Democratic Party's panicking now. And I got one more headline for you. Ready? Yes. We're ready. Breaking news. We're ready. This is breaking news. Tomorrow night at 9 o'clock, in addition to my daily show, Common Sense on WABC, on X Twitter, we'll drop a one-hour interview of Tucker Carlson talking to me. Oh, that'll be interesting. Are you, interfer- likes- Are you interfering with the uh, debate? I mean, uh, I got to choose <laughs> between you and the debate. Carlson wants to compete with the debate. I had no I I had nothing to do with the timing of this. That he might be by the way, Bill, that <laughs> might be even bigger numbers than Trump with Tucker. What do you, you and Tucker? About, what do you talk about tonight? <laughs> I'm gonna talk about this. Wow. That we had this hour conversation. You don't wanna miss this conversation. Oh, I can't wait, Bill. That I can't wait. That's now, fantastic. I, I'll tell the listeners how to do it. On the television set you had the debate. 
On your computer, you have Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter. Yeah. Go, you watch both. Just go Bill and on your radio, on, on, on your radio, you have WABCRadio.com. Yeah, wow, you know, Bill. A lot of stuff going on Wednesday night. Brought, Thank and you by so the way, much. Bill, congrats on the new book. We're proud of you. Thank well, you, guys. Congrats. Thank you, you so much. And guys, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless America. And Rudy, we're not taking down that statue. <laughs>